think again, my friend. Episode 9. Teen Hysteria. Contains explicit content. What are you listening to for the next half hour? Think again, my friend. The panel game podcast for the curious American. This episode, Teen Hysteria. Google Plus. <clears throat> Do you pronounce it that way too? It's Think Again, my friend. Uh, it seems that way. <laughs> it's Think Again, my friend, the quiz show podcast that wants to make you happy. I'm your host, Mike Sugarbaker. If the panelists would introduce themselves, starting to my left. My name is Kristen McCurdy, and I'm here to help you achieve your full potential. My name is Brendan Adkins, and my market value has recently collapsed. My name is Mark Bergo, and unlike others, I showed up on time to the podcast. <laughs> My name is Pat Rafferty. I just got here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our topic um, this episode is teen hysteria. Um, this is a topic that is composed of two kind of lobes. Um, why is that funny? Tell us what those lobes are, Mike. Those lobes are teen and hysteria. And all of the questions that we have come up with are loosely connected to one or both. Uh, and I'm not sure who would like to begin. We could even choose somebody who is neither um, a panelist nor a host uh, to ask the first question, because I have been sent questions What from a disinterested party. A party so <laughs> disinterested that he is not in the room. <laughs> uh, you may recall... A teen fainting epidemic was reported in the spring of 1983. In what region did this epidemic occur? Was it A, the Bank of Toronto? I didn't know banks were regions now. <laughs> uh, B, Jodrell Bank. That sounds more like a region. The listeners did not see me shrug there. Uh, was it C, the left bank? Was it D, the west bank? I'm going to go with Jodrell Bank because the teens on the West Bank had uh, more problems than fainting. Oh, okay. I'm going with the Bank of Toronto. <laughs> okay. I'm going with the West Bank. All right. I'm going to go with Jod Jod Jodrell. What is it? Something it's like what, that. Sounds like where Superman's from. Yeah. Um, sounds does, like correct, doesn't right? Doesn't it? I, oh, what was... No, earlier today, somebody mentioned... Uh, somebody at my work mentioned George R.R. R. Martin. And I sure. heard Jor Jar Jar Martin. <laughs> and I instantly thought of Jor-El, the father of Superman, and sure. of course Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. So uh, in future conversations, I'm going to refer to him as Superman Star Wars Martin. I can, I can never erase that from my brain now. Mike, yeah, right? I, that is what I'm here for. And um, now I don't remember any of your answers. The correct answer is, uh, as the New York Times clarified... First reports suggested that the illness was caused by mass poisoning, but Israeli and American doctors later concluded that the symptoms, including dizziness, nausea, and headaches, had been caused by mass hysteria. The answer is Curdy. the West Bank. Uh, were they just playing that's the choking classic, game? That's a classic location for fainting outbreaks. Region. Uh, region. Region, yeah. <laughs> yes. A regional autoerotic asphyxiation craze? I, you know, the email that I was sent this question in contains neither references nor context. That was definitely the Bank of Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually what they require as collateral. <laughs> uh, David, David Carradine should never have tried to get that loan. Follow-up question. In 1995, 
Mass Teen Fainting Infected the North American College Radio Market. Uh, this was the title of an album by which of the following Canadian bands? Was it A, Cub, B, the Matthew Good Band, C, Plum Tree, or D, the Tea Party? It's possible that one of those bands was made up. <laughs> I, I'm only aware of one of them not being made up, so I'm going with Cub. Okay. Uh, I'm The one I'm aware of not being made up is Plum Tree, so right. let's say that. I'm not aware of any of these bands, so uh, we'll go with none. None of the above. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with, as the only Canadian band I can think of off the top of my head, the Tragically Hip. Oh. <laughs> uh, the answer is Plum Tree. Oh! Uh, as popularized uh, to at least uh, those of my generation who are not Canadian by the famed graphic novel series Scott Miller. Uh, who would like to deliver the next quote? Yeah, uh, McCurdy. Okay, I mean, I, I was clearing your throat. my throat, That's but I wasn't like the universal my sign head. for me. We don't have buzzers here on the side of the podcast, so if we did, things would get out of hand. <laughs> oh, they would. We would just buzz for forty-five minutes. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the 1980 book Michelle Remembers, written by Michelle Smith and husband slash psychiatrist Lawrence Pazder. Focused on the titular co-author's experience of what? A. Angel Dust, also known as PCP. B. White Slavery, also known as Prostitution. C. <laughs> Not necessarily. Uh, I believe it was, at least in the Hays Code, it was a euphemism. For okay. Prostitution. Uh, C. Toxoplasmosis, also known as Crazy Cat Lady Syndrome. D. Satanic Ritual Abuse. Uh, what was the what was the date information on this? 19, 1980. Nineteen eighty. Well, obviously, uh, satanic ritual. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I'm gonna <laughs> go with. Nobody cared uh, about cats back then. <laughs> getting coerced into marrying your psychiatrist. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the book was you know, later discredited, oddly. So. <laughs> like most of these teen hysteria yeah. books. Do you do you have a guess? Mr. Burgo. Oh, I um I'm gonna be a stickler about this. Oh sorry, I thought she gave the answer already, but I'm gonna <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna go with uh the satanic ritual abuse as well. Okay. Yeah. That that's the answer, right? <laughs> Is there any doubt? Maybe I'm about gaslighting that? you. You don't know. Oh. <laughs> no, what Was the book about the gaslighting? Things, <laughs> that's one of the things that I do when I'm satanic ritually abusing my friends. <laughs> Very roundabout form of abuse. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we move on to the next question then. Well, right. was that in fact the answer? It was in fact the answer. She All cleared right. her throat. Okay. <laughs> right. I'm going to go around the table, Mr. Atkin. I have three questions. Uh, they are all on the subject of tulip mania. Which Whoa. has nothing to do with teens, but is a form of hysteria, apparently. Um, so between 1636-1637 in Holland, uh, the price of tulip bulbs famously rose to unheard of levels. It's commonly cited as one of the earliest and most dramatic examples of an economic bubble. Um, so I'm going to give you four facts about tulip bulbs. One of them is not true. Which is it? Is it A, a tulip grown from a bulb takes 7 to 12 years to mature? B, a fully grown tulip bulb, or a fully grown tulip forms a bulb that is a clone of its original bulb. C, 
The mosaic virus that gives tulip petals their distinctive multicolored appearance is spread only through bulbs and not via seeds. Or D, tulips bloom annually for only a month in April or May. A is not true. Wow. Authority. I'm going to copy that. <laughs> um, just to be contrarian, I'm going to say B is not true. They all sounded really good. They're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's do the. I don't think they're actually clones of each other. Yeah. You were all wrong. What? All of these things are true. A, a tulip takes seven to 12 years to mature when it's being grown from a bulb, which is why they're ideal for trading and transport. They are slow growing things. But uh, yeah, the fact is they bloom for only a week. Wait, 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 wait. There, that there is was no option true. that was not true? true. No, he said a month instead of a week. Yeah. Right. Oh, I, no. They don't, though. Unless. <laughs> Which tulips are you looking at? Uh, the ones in my goddamn front yard, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> are those <laughs> Dutch tulips? Uh, I have no this idea. This all comes They're from a book. Hybrid, I can cite you know? it for you. It's oh. called Tulip Mania. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> this is not Wikipedia information. Um, Dutch tulips, maybe, but. All right, so. Uh, some people are saying now that if you look at it from a rational economic perspective, the whole tulip trading thing was not a bubble. It does not follow classic bubble lines. Um, um, it mostly took place among a small group of traders, and both the rise and the fall of prices were a response to sudden changes in contract law that were happening in Holland at the time. So hmm. when the tulip crash happened, and suddenly tulips became worth as much as a tulip bulb, uh, how much actual money in terms of the market value of the tulips was lost? Was it A, between 100 and 200%, B, between 90 and 100%, B, between 50 and 80%, or A, less than 50%? Uh, I'm going to say less than 50%. Mm -hmm. You go 100. I'm going to say more than 200. <laughs> I'm going to go tricky. with 100 as well. Well, what was A? Was A more than 200? A was between 100 and 200, oh, 100. Uh, which yeah. was the joke answer. What? <laughs> 3% <laughs> of the actual market value was lost because uh, you could get out of a contract to buy futures, which is what these tulip bulbs technically were. They were future market. Uh, you could get out of it by paying 3.5% of the contract value. That was the sudden change in Dutch contract law that had just happened when things started to uh, <laughs> explode. So yeah, nobody actually lost a ton of money. It was all imaginary money. Nobody right. like They didn't deliver the tulips anywhere. They just kind of sat in the ground and people passed around contracts on them. How did it get to be known as a mania, even? Um, that's a good question. Because well, it's I mean, cool? Perhaps that's your third question. <laughs> Our economy just crashed because of a bunch of imaginary money disappeared. I think that's it true. probably had a little more. But effect. that was like tied to things that people it. lived in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Burgo. All right, I have one, at least right now. Uh, so in his book, Seduction of the Innocent, which kicked off the comic book panic of the 1950s, German-American psychologist Frederick Wortham claimed that Batman and Robin were gay lovers, Wonder Woman was a lesbian bondage freak, and, That's Sup true. and Superman was A, an un-American <laughs> fascist, B, a gay communist, or C, a Hebrew. It's totally Hebrew. It's created by Siegel and Schuster. Classic, uh, classic well, mesh. A is arguably true, um, but what did he claim? Uh, B was a gay communist? Yes. Okay. <laughs> communist could also kind of be claimed in the early Superman comics. Oh, yeah. He was very much a socialist. Um, yeah, I'll stick with A. McCarty? I'll, I'll, I'll go with communist. I already answered. Yeah, uh, Hebrew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm saying commie. 
Oh, okay. He was actually an un-American fascist. Oh, all right, yeah. But you, you notice he was right on all three, because Batman and Robin, clearly gay lovers. <laughs> yeah, I had <laughs> Wonder Woman. Well, I mean, lesbian bondage with, freak. With Wonder Woman, that was intentional. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, let's turn to one of, uh, one of history's favorite hysterical teens, Joan of Arc. Yeah. Uh, in the year 1430, after a, a lengthy and, and, and glittering career, she was captured by the Burgundians uh, while defending Compiègne near Paris. I don't know what I'm pronouncing, <laughs> let alone whether I'm pronouncing Just it right. Just kind of slur everything. And uh, she, was sold, she was sold to the English. How much was she sold for? Was it? Okay. <laughs> was it 10,000 pounds? Was it 1,000 pounds, and it's curious that these are English units, uh, or was it 20 head of cattle? Oh, oh, 20 head of cattle? That's my guess. Uh, lesbian bondage freak. <laughs> that is uh, actually per- what she was going I, for. I've been uh, enunciating even more poorly <laughs> than I thought. Uh, Pat, how about yourself? Uh, tulip bulb now. Uh, <laughs> we'll go with the cattle as well. I'll go with a thousand pounds. A thousand pounds. The answer is ten thousand pounds. Wow, that's good. Um, and twenty the, head of cattle. The English were uh, were very eager to uh, prove that Joan could have defeated them only by using witchcraft. So that uh, that boosted the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and really drove up her market value. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it collapsed with a small change in contract law. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ms. McCurdy. All right. <clears throat> According to the 1971 book, Go Ask Alice, published as the anonymous diary of a teenage girl who'd overdosed on an unspecified drug, what sort of things are likely to happen to you within two years of being surreptitiously dosed with LSD at a party? A, you will soon turn to selling drugs and your own body to support your habit. B, you and your roommate will walk in on your boyfriends having sex with each other. C, your friends will be so mad at you for quitting drugs, they dose you again with an anonymous gift of peanut brittle, and you will freak out so hard that you lock yourself in a closet and scratch the skin (laughs) off your face and pull a bunch of your hair out because there are worms all over you. D, you will be able to smell the next door neighbor making red, white, and green jello. E, all of the above. I think it depends on which college you went to. (laughs) The clear answer here is all of the above. But I, I, I almost want to say all of the above except C, because C is, in fact, so detailed that you're trying to throw us off. Interesting, uh, interesting uh, thinking. There, I'm going with solely C. Solely C. Because I figure that's just a direct quote from the book. You feel like she just folded everything in? And she was laughing at it, so I'm going with C as well. Uh, I'm trying really hard to remember, because I spent two years dosing Mike with LSD, and... <laughs> That is actually how he did. He did walk in on his, boy, his and your boyfriends having sex. <laughs> That's exactly right. But I never clawed my own face off. <laughs> <laughs> my answer is peanut brittle. <laughs> so the answer is actually E, all of the above. The, the, the real answer to that question is yes, I read that book like seven times when I was in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Are you going to wait on yours, Brandon? Well, I've got actually a great follow-up question to that. Okay. Uh, according to our research, I looked through a lot of books for this. 
what percentage of teens are sexually active? Is it A, 75% are active, 50% have had intercourse. B, 46% while 71% are engaging in oral sex. C, 52% are sexually active while 60% have experienced other sexual activity. Uh, that's how it was written. Or D, I mean, maybe it was written. 27% with nearly equal rates of oral sex and sexual intercourse. Now we're going to have uh, a 45-minute-long, very tiresome discussion about definitions of various things. Yes. Hmm. Including the word is. Yes. <laughs> um, well, obviously, I'm going to say C. <laughs> I'll go with C. I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> give, us, give us C again. What's C again? C was... How it may or may not have been written in a book that you may or may not. And the book may or may not... It depends on what your definition of book is. But 50, <laughs> C was 52% are sexually active, while 60% have experienced, quote, other sexual activity. Mm. That seems low. Passive sexual activity, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I I want to make a joke how, now about uh, how, how I wasn't really paying attention applies to <laughs> perhaps I, more than one of our sexual lives during our teenage years, but um, <laughs> but that's but that's just me. Oh look, I found the joke. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with E. None of the above. I'm gonna go again with E. All all of the above. It was all of the above. Yeah, that's uh, it, depending on which book you look at. <laughs> Do you have a reference at all for this? I have four different references. They're, They're all in that bag. Over. They're all in which that one is it? Trader Joe's bag on my floor. <laughs> on the floor. Which, depending on how alarmist the book in question was. Oh, okay. The number changes significantly. Oh. So they were actually way more con consistent than I expected. Like they're mostly. Most of the books said, yeah, about half of teens between, in the survey taken between 2002, 2005, said they were having sex, uh, except for the last, uh, which was from a um, fairly sex positive book that was like, no, about a quarter. Hmm. Okay. Now, did anyone else here actually get asked to take an anonymous sex survey when they were in high school? Oh, yeah. Really? Uh, I was not. I think I had to take an anonymous drug survey twice. Okay. I, okay, I, I did not I did personally. That. Everyone in my school did. <laughs> but I really, when you started that question, I thought you said, did anyone else here get ass in high school? <laughs> <laughs> anonymous ass. <laughs> <laughs> the best okay, kind. Now, of those who took an anonymous sex survey um, in high school, did anyone else, like, I answered pretty honestly. Yeah. Did anyone else answer honestly? I no. was I was fairly proud of not having sex or anything like it. <laughs> and I was fairly proud of messing with whoever was taking the survey. <laughs> yeah. I figured I well, I now figure that most teenagers when given an anonymous anything will just grief whoever it is who has to deal with it. I don't believe the word grief existed in that form back when we were in it, high school. It doesn't matter. The grief the concept existed. existed. <laughs> Fuck with was completely acceptable. Yes. I understood 1995. <laughs> In 1954, the great Bill Gaines, publisher of EC Comics, publisher of uh, great exploitation comics like Weird Science and you know ev Is everything. That what Tales that's good from for? the Crypt. Yeah, Tales from the Crypt, and uh, and uh, of course eventually Mad Magazine. Um, in response to governmental persecution of comics publishers, he invited his colleagues and, and his competitors, um, who were you know one and the same by and large, 
to meet up to form some kind of response to the uh, pressure from Washington. The uh, result was a surprising turnout of 38 industry movers and shakers and the founding of the Comics Magazine Association of America, the first official act of which was to A, create the Comics Code Authority and invite famed comics persecutor Frederick Wortham to head it, or B, to expel from the Comics Magazine Association of America Gilberton, the publishers of Classics Illustrated, whose Shakespeare adaptations were often violent. <laughs> C, to ban the words weird, horror, and terror from the covers of comics, all of which appeared on Gaines' most profitable comics. Hmm. Uh, or D, I don't have a fourth option. <laughs> all of the above? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with C. C? Okay. I'm pretty sure it's A, I think. I, I really hope it's B. I'm, I have, I keep that fire in my heart. <laughs> uh, Gilberton did not, in fact, ever show up ah. uh, mm. for meetings. Um, the answer Gilberton. is A. The first thing they did was create the comic That was actually going to be my guess, Mike, by the way. I'm not... Never mind. I saw you not. I saw you nodding when he said it. So comics question on on this show. I actually got out a book and started reading. I've become the podcast. I've become no reason to think that I would want to answer it. I've become really used to there being three answers. And 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 when are we doing our topic for Silver Age comics continuity? Yeah, well, it's timely, right? And DC is rebooting everything, like in a couple months. Yes. Um, but uh, uh, according to uh, the book uh, from which I sourced this, uh, The Ten Cent Plague by David Haji, um, the, the words weird horror and terror were never, in fact, formally banned uh, by the Comics Magazine Association of America. Uh, Gaines, uh, to his dying day, claimed that they were. <laughs> um, and Gilberton was not expelled. They never showed up. Uh, but yeah, they created the Comics Code Authority, and Frederick Wortham, uh, whom uh, Virgo earlier asked a question about, uh, was invited to head the CCA, whose logo um, was besmirched on, uh, I don't think I'm using that word correctly, but I remember that logo. From I remember childhood. that yes. logo as well. <laughs> yeah. You could, you could say besmirched. Yeah. <laughs> it was, you have to um, justify it. It was, not a good, um, it was not a good thing to see. Uh, but yeah. Uh, hi, hi, Chris. No, it, saved, it saved us from Mark Millar. By the, the comics code. Oh, I, I have no doubt. Yeah. Because I only read the lame comics. <laughs> it was well. It was hard to like. I think probably the first thing I ever read that wasn't was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The original. The original. Yeah, which was a little bit on the edgy side, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I only got in with number five, so I didn't get the big Man, money. Man, speaking of teen hysteria. Oh, exactly. My, yeah. my yeah. brother has the first four, actually. So Holy I remember, yeah. shit! I shouldn't. I shouldn't. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I know who to rob. Um, <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, would so you like to ask a question? Yeah, sure. Uh, which famed doctor says he scored a 16 out of 18 on the narcissistic personality inventory? Oh, a, shit, please, Dr. Phil. Dr. Drew? <laughs> uh, a, natural health advocate, Dr. Andrew Wheel, who says there isn't a psychotropic drug he hasn't tried. B, celebrity rehabber and advisor of the teenage lovelorn, Dr. Drew Pinsky, <laughs> who made his acting debut on an episode of Space Ghost Coast to Coast. C, naturalist turned researcher Alfred Kinsey, who reported in 1948 that 19.1% of American women had performed fellatio before they were married, but didn't say whether they wore lipstick or not. <laughs> D, Dr. <laughs> Phil McGraw, 
who may be set, settling an upcoming lawsuit over a failed weight loss product, partly in Amway branded vitamins. I'm actually going to say Kinsey. Yeah, I'm going to go with Kinsey. I, I like Kinsey too, actually. <laughs> I love him, but yeah, well, yeah, but I, <laughs> I can see how he, he was full of himself. I was he? really hoping for Victor Von Doom. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Dr. House myself. <laughs> Rather unlikely given what we learned in the previous question. It is actually Dr. Drew. Ah, oh, oh, my instinct was right, <laughs> even before the options. Yeah. Curses. Yeah. I think that's Dr. Doom's line. I mean, anyone willing to be on a radio show that in Corolla just to be famous must have some issues. Yeah, yeah. Somebody should really like do an intervention or something. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Just you know. I'm addicted to lame homophobic jokes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Virgo, do you have another question for us? I suppose. Uh, so the early 2000s, with the rise of the internet and general cable news, was home to a lot of uh, hysterias. Which of these hysterias over the behavior of teens came first? The scandal over American teams allegedly huffing Jenkum, which is oh, fermented gosh. raw sewage. Rainbow parties. I assume everyone know, is a f familiar with rainbow parties. Or <laughs> Thanks to Kristen. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was that... paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> My Google invites have never worked since Kristen invited me to that rainbow party. <laughs> or C... The use of gel bracelets to as code for willingness to engage in certain sexual acts. Which came first? Which came, Which first. came first? I believe it is the uh, it is is C. Really? I was a uh, I was snoping this just this morning. <laughs> I've got to say A. As you do. Jankum. <laughs> um, I you know I'll bet C. I've not heard of any of these things. <laughs> oh, do we have to explain? No, we're not going to explain rainbow parties well, now. <laughs> Just we'll Google it silly. together later. <laughs> uh, safe environment. He'll tell you at the after party. <laughs> well, these dates are all from Wikipedia, so they're of dubious reliability, but they did have citations. Teens Huffing Jenkum was first hit the media in 2007. <clears throat> while gel bracelets... Uh, and their alleged code were 2003, but rainbow parties were in 2002. Oh, oh very close. Photo finish. Um, oh. Well, according to Snopes, the, there was an earlier iteration of the rainbow party um, story in like the mid-90s, I want to oh. say. Mm -hmm. And and actually, that it, there's that there's an older legend about sex coupons basically so like the pull tab from soda or there's you or know like bottle caps the handkerchief code right yeah that, I mean, that one works though yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's from kentucky he knows <laughs> so in the uh, supposed gel bracelet code black stands for intercourse yes purple for kissing dark blue for oral sex what does a red bracelet stand for purple for kissing like, purple's the most awesome color. Why would you, like, blow it on, like, something completely... This isn't where you're going with this question, is it? No. <laughs> All right. So, um, A, I mean, I don't need to give the topic. It might be more interesting not to. I was going to say saddlebacking. <laughs> you have to be up on your savage love to know the definition of that right. one. Right. <clears throat> uh, I, I was going to say lap dancing. <laughs> 
Saddleback. What it, I just looked up Rainbow Party on Wikipedia. <laughs> this is terrible. He's blushing. I can Breaking. see Breaking. Parents of America. This is awful. <laughs> <laughs> so the red bracelet, bracelet, in fact, stands for 69. Really? Yeah. I would think What's, that red what? would go for Actually, kissing. Actually, what is that, Mark? Can you tell us? Draw the number and guess. <laughs> what is? How does that not fall under oral sex? Like, well, it's mutual, you know. Because it's mutual. Why don't you each snap of each other's bracelets? We yeah, why, why would you wear one and not the other? Yeah. I, I, and frankly, how does this tie into rainbow my, parties? According to my reading, um, and my next question is about rainbow parties, but does not explain what they are. So we may still have to have the talk with Pat. And where the fuck do you get an indigo gel bracelet? <laughs> I believe uh, I had Lance to look Armstrong a lot of places. <laughs> Hot topic. I ended up bulk ordering them from China. <laughs> all right, Kristen. They all say I, live long. Okay, so my you, question. You have the follow-up question by default. All right. True or false, Amazon customers searching for the cautionary yet somewhat satirical young adult novel, Rainbow Party, by Paul Ruditis are likely to receive a recommendation of another book of the same name, a children's picture book that celebrates multiculturalism. <laughs> true or false? True or false. I'm going to say true. That's got to be true. I hope it's true. But I'm False. So is ruditis swelling of the rude? <laughs> I'm letting that lie. I'm just letting it lie. Um... This is actually false. Uh, oh. I read that. Okay, but she it may told have, you a beautiful lie. It may yes. have been true at one time because I read, I read this somewhere, um, and I think that possibly after that article came out, Amazon fixed it. But the children's <laughs> book is real. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. Sh shall I ask a question? Uh, I'm out of them, so you better. All right. Yeah, I'm out too. <clears throat> Although I have fountain of a wealth of information about rainbow parties just in my head <laughs> if you need it also as the only one on the podcast with a uterus you are an expert on hysteria thank you yeah they travel they travel it's not a joke wait what well you know that's what hysteria is the, the, the concept wandering. of the disease originally was that the uterus would wander and yeah. uh, upset your humors wander like where Within the body. To, Within the body. To yeah. Spain? Just, they weren't know. too solid on anatomy. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, on Wednesday, the 10th and of you January. you needed treatment, which <laughs> if you had a good doctor, it was a good time. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> on Wednesday, the 10th of January, 1945. Oh, you just heard. All right. <laughs> I just heard. <laughs> um, the uh, English newspaper, The Guardian, uh, published the following. Mr. Frank Sinatra... An amiable young singer of popular songs is inspiring extraordinary personal devotion on the part of many thousands of young people, and particularly young girls between the ages of, say, 12 and 18. The adulation bestowed upon him is similar to that lavished upon Colonel Lindbergh 15 years ago, Rudolph Valentino a few years earlier, or... And they published a third example. What was it? Was it A, Adolf Hitler? B, early radio singer Eugenia Farrar? Or C, Admiral Dewey, the hero of Manila Bay. 
realize if the answer is A, we have to end the podcast. You, <laughs> you invoked Godwin. We, we don't actually have to end the podcast. We just knew this was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have enabled this episode of the podcast to end because you must mention Hitler every time, apparently. Uh, I think it's trivial. I'm going with the Admiral. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Chicks dig epaulets. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you looking those, at me? Those chicks who know what epaulets are <laughs> do dig them. Uh, what was B? B was a Eugenia Farrar, uh, the radio singer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Face for radio. <laughs> Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler. All right. I'm going with Hitler. All right. The answer is Admiral Dewey. Told you. It's the epaulets. The hero of Manila Bay at the turn of the century apparently inspired some teenage enthusiasm, according to The Guardian in 1945. But the uterus has stayed in in place. As far as anyone was (laughs) checking. They may have jumped up and down a lot. Uh, Maybe that's what was in Manila Bay that he was the hero of. (laughs) Manila Bay was the euphemism. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm the hero of that right there. Um, who, um, Brendan? Do you have some more? Uh, I've got one last question. All right. Um, I want you to. Uh... Okay, so this is a book from a book called "Protecting Your Teens from Today's Witchcraft" uh, by mm. Steve Russo, which is amazing because uh, he is actually apparently really well informed about Wicca and did a pretty good job of selling me on it. Um, it was published in 2005. Contains such gems as... Are you now a Wiccan? (laughs) I'm leaning that way, thanks to Steve Russo. (laughs) And the next election... The state of Kentucky is proud. Next election, you're going to... It's a commonwealth. Uh, You're going to vote the solid Wiccan (laughs) ticket. Yes. Three times over. Um, (laughs) It contains some figures about teens and the occult uh, from a survey which was published by Wisdom Works Ministries in 2002. I'm going to read a list of activities related to the occult. I want you to give me an over-under on whether the <laughs> survey found that 25% of teens have participated in them, more or less. Okay. So uh, let's start with Pat. How many, what percentage of teens that had their fortune told? Over. Yes, 27%. Mark, what percentage of teens had visited a medium or seen a psychic? Under. Under. 10% and 9% respectively. Don't know how much overlap there was. Mm. Uh, Mike. How many teens had been physically present when someone was using their psychic or supernatural powers? Do Ouija boards count? Uh, Ah. Ouija boards is a separate question, actually. (laughs) So I can assume no. Uh, I'm going to say over. 14%. Only 14% of teens have been present while people were using psychic powers. I'm really interested to know how they phrased that question on the survey. Um... Kristen, how many had played a game that featured witchcraft or psychic elements? Over. Over 28%. Light uh, as a feather. And uh, what about the Ouija board, Mark? Over? 35%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. You guys are good at this. And how many had tried <laughs> to cast a spell or use a magic potion? Uh, if you get within 10% of the answer, I'll give you a bonus point. Oh, my God. You presume to give me bonus points, sir? <laughs> That's right. You gave up that authority. Um, I will say 10%. I will say 60. Uh, 30. 
45. 8%. Mike wins. Oh, oh. Hardcore. Bonus point for the host. So, yes. I, so I, I do have to ask you all what Steve asks at the end of this list, which is, what do you think so far? Is Satan influencing the thinking of teenagers? <laughs> <laughs> I like the Steve guy. He's all right. Vote <laughs> Wicked. Not enough. Ah. <laughs> uh, does, um, does, does Satan have a... <laughs> Satan doesn't have a podcast. No. <laughs> but he's influencing so many influencing. podcasts. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What do you hear he's when you play a Justin Bieber MP3 backwards? <laughs> yeah, slow, slowed down 800%. That's the interesting I was going to say, you need to slow it down. <laughs> there are a lot of words in English that sound like Satan backwards. Like, <laughs> you can put pretty much anything in there, and it's going to sound like Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm waiting for for backwards sounds to come back. Like this slowing down jazz is. I know. Is, you know, is nice and all. I'm over it, internet. That movie was out a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> so this is your assignment, audience. Uh, YouTube videos back backwards mask. <laughs> it's not. Can't be that hard. I mean, the challenge our audience has is existing in the first place. <laughs> My dad thinks I'm cool. <laughs> All right, now now I'm gonna bring it back home here, uh, quite literally. Uh, no shit. <laughs> on June sixteenth, twenty eleven, in Beaverton, Oregon, oh, the yeah. game of Rainbow Fugitive, Party? an extreme game of tag, yeah. was played uh, at least according to somebody's Facebook page that they created for this game. Uh, according to uh, the weekly Portland Mercury, what were the rules of Fugitive? Uh, was it A, one teen among hundreds is designated it by cell phone. When caught, they call the next it and get one hint to the next it's current location. Was it B, drivers drive cars as close as they can to fleeing runners, and then chasers riding in the cars have to jump out to tag the runners? Or was it C, players are divided into singles and groups by text, Groups then hunt down any single teenager they see and snap off their walking bracelets. the streets to demand their player code. Go with A. You can go with A. One is it at a time. Yeah. All right. Pat. B sounds the most hysterical, but okay. I'm gonna go with A. That right. sounds yeah. the most plausible. Huh. Yeah. I'm going with this sounds completely awesome and we should do it. <laughs> D. Can, can we do them all at the same time? I'm not sure. My answer is planking. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see it. Come on. My answer is sexting. <laughs> uh, that's excellent, Adkins. You can stop now. Uh, the answer is B. The answer is B. Drivers drive what? their cars as close as they can to designated runners, and the designated chasers have to jump yeah. out of the car. Because somebody got hit, apparently. Really? That was, that it was, was on the front page of the Oregonian. Uh, well, who fucking reads that? <laughs> I, I read Mercury is a mainstream paper. I. <laughs> You're out of touch. <laughs> You're out of touch with Beaverton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and thank God oh. for that. I'm pretty happy about that, actually. Yeah. yeah, not that. No, I used to work in Beaverton. There, there's one or two good things there. I, I did too. I kept it real. All right. Yeah. <laughs> what, what up to any listeners in Beaverton? We hope you're, you're staying strong. <laughs> you'll get there someday. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> indeed, if you're jumping out of cars, we hope you're staying strong, and we hope you're doing it in the right place. 
uh, <laughs> which is not Beaverton. Sure, sure. Tell us about Rainbow Party. <laughs> <laughs> or make something up about Rainbow Party. Um. And what's the other one? The gel, jelly? The jelly. The, so the, the jelly. No, the, su- the sewage. What was that Jankum. about? Jankum. Oh, Jankum. That's Jankum. terrible. <laughs> That's not a teen hysteria. Good. <laughs> shouldn't be anyone's hysteria. How's it not a te- I mean, it's just as, you know, not actually true as anything else. Well, well, one thing I, I note, at least from the evidence we've presented here tonight, is that teen hysteria seldom centers around something disgusting. <laughs> you clearly and haven't you been should... to the rainbow parties I've been to. <laughs> 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 I, thank you. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, our, our hosts. Uh, the, the show is produced by Kristen McCurdy and myself uh, with thanks to Matthew Schuler and uh, thanks to all of our panelists. Thank you to um, our special guest. Do you have now is the time that you give your plug? Oh, uh, yes. Go listen to my podcast at rafferty-esque.com. Yes, that's a thing you should do. You should do yes. that. Do it, please. Yeah, do it. And if you've made it to the end of this one, you can at least start the next. Yeah, mine are five minutes. Yeah, so. you clearly have yeah. time to waste. <laughs> so get to it. You could have listened to every single episode <laughs> during this. <laughs> Uh, we uh, we thank you as always for listening. Um, Brendan's looking at me like this is all gonna no? get it. I think I'm the cutting room yeah, floor. Right. Yeah, we'll cut out uh, most of this show. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>